Well, I always uh, always said that I would never really deal deal with like sponsors or anything on this page. So I guess I just want to say thank you to a couple people first, um, to you, Greg, you know, for the help and the the guidance and the friendship that you've given me, especially COVID being such a such a crazy year. It was interesting that our friendship formed there, but. Um, dog and gun coffee out of australia they sent some stuff over and it was just really really fantastic love what those guys are doing and then casey attacked calories of course he's he's been awesome and then bird at sornex and andy at flip-flop uh, i could go on and on and on but i uh, just want to say a special thanks to those guys and, and you as well so greg thanks for being here man I, I enjoy I enjoy and appreciate it easily as much as you and 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 yeah I I think if there was a, gr- a great lesson to taking a positive thing from a poor situation is the fact that as you've mentioned several times I'm not sure that this connection would have happened or even happened as thoroughly if everything was quote unquote normal so. Um, you know, not that I'm trying to look at a glass half full of something that's derailed most of us the way that this all has, but uh, this is definitely a glass half full of that. So thank you. Yeah, man. How's, uh, well, just to kind of, we've, we've already been talking a little bit before we started recording here, but just to kind of give you the debrief on my day, I had some work to do um, pretty early with some emails, got some projects in the work with Sornex and outside of Sornex, but they all kind of coalesce together. Um, so I wanted to get on that. Got a tattoo earlier this morning and then did some paracord work on some of my knives, took some photos for that and then caught up with you. So man, what's been going on in your world? <laughs> um, geez, I don't, I'm not sure that I have a, a normal day at this point, but I, I, I don't do, I don't do it, you know, I don't do a ton outside of teaching and training right now. And and part of that is because I just have a supreme respect for the fact that we still have people coming to the gym and and they're so invested in being there. I guess if there was another glass half full of all this, it's uh, the great people that we train have come in there with a really added fire. Um, Their, their focus, they're, they're clearly looking at this with, with different eyes, um, maybe more of a necessity than a novelty. And, so uh, this morning we had class and it went great and uh, I'm injured right now. So I, I went and, and um, we had, there's <laughs> one of the, one of the finest people, one of the smartest people I've ever met is Dr. Rob Lucky and, and he's here in, in Rochester. And, and um, so I went and saw him today and then I guess this is a useful aside um, as he starts to, to try and, connect some dots for me that have been broken for a long time. I've had a lot of injuries. And so so some of the spinal stuff that comes up with me is, is just a byproduct of a long uh, list of other spinal stuff that's come up with me. Um, a bad surgery in 2012 kind of set a a tough chain of events, uh, in motion and he's mitigated it all really well. So this time through, um, he had a request for my primary care to give us a a short course of anti-inflammatory and, you know, fascinating, always fascinating for me to think about conventional medicine. If, If the, if the message that I wrote, um, to, to my primary was, um, Hey, you know, I'm in a lot of pain. I need some oxycodone. Um, it's really stressing me out because I still have to work and I still have to, to stay mentally focused. I need some lorazepam or clonopin or whatever. Man, that prescription would have been filled before I hung the fucking phone up. Yeah, and yeah. meanwhile, the, the reasonable, respectful request from this high level professional that is engineered to actually fix me is, of course, stuck in the gears and talking about side effects and all this different type of stuff. Um, 
and I understand, a, I understand, um, a, a care of a physician. I understand being cautious about, you know, aftershocks and, and side effects and things like that. But the reality is they're only concerned about it when it doesn't fall into their playbook. And yeah. so that's something that I was dealing with uh, a little bit today. Um, and then, and then tonight I'm going to go back in and, and, and teach another couple of excellent classes to, to people that I, I feel are very fortunate that have, that have hung on through this and, and man, that's it. That that's where my day is now. And then later yeah. on, I'll probably watch something I've seen a thousand times because that's really where my entertainment threshold is right now. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I kind of talked, I talked to you a little bit about this, but I had a phone conversation with Bert, um, you know, just kind of some of the things that we talked about prior to this conversation being recorded too, is the fact that, you know, peace, love and meat came about with absolute honest intention, a, a deep desire without knowing that COVID was coming. I mean, this was a the conversation I'd had starting in probably October of 2019 um, from a training standpoint, but even more than that, Casey and I, I think it started the, the Instagram page February of 19 or something like that. So it, it took a little while. It's still in the process of really becoming what it is. Um, but I'm not good at dress rehearsals. You know, I'm good at going out and just absolutely throwing the shit against the wall and seeing what happens and seeing what works. Yep. And in a lot of ways, man, I, I mean, I got to be honest with you. Like I'm a disciplined dude in, in the sense that if I, if like, if I, I had a competition and I do, it's, it's actually something we're going to talk about too. But when I have a competition or I have something that I want to set my mind to, as far as a goal, there's no question that the, the meal plan is going to be perfect. There's not going to be any alcohol. There's not going to be a lot of the distraction or the noise that gets in a lot of people's way. I'm very, very, very good. I'm a well-aimed missile. You know what yeah. I mean? When I have an objective, I'm very, very good. And that's the one thing that I'm finding hardest for me as a, you know, kind of as a generalist approach is my goal is to be able to protect myself, protect my friends, protect my family, um, in, in a dire situation beyond that, I want to have a reasonable aesthetic, you know, be able to fit in nice clothes, be able to, to look a certain way, present myself as a professional. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, I've always been an athlete, so it's been a part of my life, but the thing that I, I really started to feel a bit, um, I won't say imprisoned by, because that's an exaggeration to a huge degree, but like in my mind imprisoned by the idea that I had to be someone that I wasn't as in, I couldn't share the fact, Oh, I had a bourbon. Couldn't, I didn't want to share that because if somebody out here is struggling and, and shouldn't have the bourbon, I didn't want to see them having me, you know, me having a bourbon or if it's going out with my friends and camping and we have 12 beers on a Friday night, like, I don't want to promote that either. If somebody's out there struggling with alcohol, but the fact of the matter is that's, that's me sometimes, you know, that's, that's who I am. I'm going to enjoy a drink here and there. I'm going to enjoy it. I would 10,000 times rather have a pizza with some friends than to have abs. I just would at, at this point in my life. Well, you know? well, I mean, what, what you're, what you're conveying though, is it's, <laughs> it, it's integrity. It, 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 it's not wanting to put forth a message that could potentially interrupt positive progress of your, of your cared about audience. Yeah. But, but the reality is if, if people are caring in the right way, they understand that if people aren't showing their faults, if people aren't coming clean on some shit, that's like maybe not perfect, then all they're really doing is tricking their audience. And, yeah. and man, I, I, <laughs> that resonates with me a lot because <clears throat> 
it's, I don't believe I have a ton of like dysfunctional bad habits that I don't share with people, but I believe it's really important to make sure that people know that amidst attempting to do certain things extremely well, ultimately you end up doing other things a little poorer. And, and I mean, I find that of myself so consistently. I mean, I, I, I'm also a pretty well-guided missile and I also understand that, that comes with some downsides. I mean, if, if, if I were to, you know, pump the brakes on, you know, pursuing, I don't know, movement detail or, or expertise in training or, or, you know, proficiency in tactics or something like that, there would be a lot more energy time. Um, you know, I guess mental, mental acuity on the table to be better at, at other things. And, and realistically though, what am I going to do? I don't want, I don't want to be, I don't want to be mediocre at a shitload of shit. Right. I want to be, I want to be a preeminent expert surgeon at as much stuff as I possibly can while not letting all the stuff fall below what I feel is an acceptable level. And I think there's, I think there's a lot of integrity to that too. You know, if, if, if you're, if you're pursuing expertise, but you're only pursuing it to the point where you want to, you want to learn a trade or, or practice a, practice a, um, a martial art or practice a, a, a physical profession, but you're only willing to compromise how well you do the dishes a little bit. Well, listen, you're not going to be as good as you can be at that other stuff. Right. And, I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons that we've, we've been able to get along is, is we're on a different missile guided path, but like when we decide to focus it, it, it happens. Yeah. And, and conveying that with truth and, and convey, I mean, conveying it with the fact that there are definitely bumps in the road. I'm, I'm not a naturally gifted anything. And so, I mean, if, if I'm not showing the stumbles then I'm not being honest about the process and who the fuck do I want to listen to me if I'm not even honest about what we do? Yeah. And that's the thing is it's like, what's, what's bothersome for me is that I kind of ended up and we talked on the phone that, you know, when I was kind of in the midst of it where I was like, man, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to present this page. I've, I've somehow catapulted myself into this figurehead role of like leadership and togetherness or like having my shit togetherness, you know? Well. And I, I, I think in a lot of ways, I'm proud of a lot of the shit that I do have in, in order and in control, but man, I, I'm telling you, I'm still the same guy that can come off the rails really easily. Like, and not in an anger way, but just like, I, I just, I have my faults. I have my flaws. I ha I have my, you know, people, people rally around guys like Cam Haynes and David Goggins. And I certainly celebrate that mentality of like, no matter what happens today, I'm getting up and I'm fucking getting shit done. Like I admire that the world needs that voice being called into the heavens. Right. But for me at the same time that I am like on some days I can celebrate those guys and, and rally because of what they say or, you know, have a connection to it. There's days I resent them for it because, you know, I'm sitting here struggling to, to get myself to just fucking word a post correctly because I want it to, you know, because I want it to translate and I'm like gridlocked within myself because well, I can't, I can't get out what I feel. You know, I, I mean, man, <laughs> something else, something else that I, I, that I think about a lot and I think about it in terms of, of those types of, of people is of course there, there's an admiration for that and there's no, but that's the end of the sentence. There's admiration. That's it. And what, what needs to be considered is, is, regardless of, of what, you know, 
certain types of people think about it, brains are wired differently and certain people have to fight harder to find consistent discipline. And it's not simply, it's not simply as easy as saying I am disciplined now. Um, and and I'm one of them. I mean, (laughs) as long as I can possibly remember my inner dialogue has been an an enemy of itself and I've learned to mitigate it and manage it pretty well. But I mean, sometimes it is it is not easy at all. And I know for a fact that I hang on to things longer than I should. And I've had a lot of relatively unusual and pretty negative shit happen in my life. And and if I were to let that overtake me, I'd be gone already. And that's not to say that it doesn't still sneak up. And the other thing is the, the, the platform of the discipline has to change, I, I believe. And, and especially if, if your mind is sometimes your worst enemy, some, some days for me, the discipline is okay. I'm going to teach the best class that's ever been taught in strength and conditioning. And, and I will achieve that. And when I get done with that class, I think that might've been, and yeah. there, there are other days when, when, especially in the last year, when I think, well, fuck you, I'm just not going to lose to this. Right. And, and, and that's also the same type of discipline, but it just, sometimes you have to frame things differently, man. And, and, you know, feeling a peak in a valley with, with personal discipline is so much more normal than having it at your beck and call all the time. Yeah. I mean, most people cannot relate to that. Um, I mean, I'm certainly one of them. I, I, I love thinking about the fact that, you know, in a very flat sheet of paper, discipline equals freedom. And that's the end of the story. Um, yeah. But that's just not the way that my tiny brain works, you know. Right. Um, and, and that's important. To, that's important to address with people, too. The, the, the discipline has to has to frame differently when when different stuff is challenging you. Well, you know, something that was interesting, you know, and this is kind of like this is something that I hope people hear and then translate into action or maybe somewhat, you know, not forgiveness as in like, go have the cheesecake, but like in forgiveness in, okay, that part of it was wrong for me, but I can still get this other side, right? Like I tried to do the four thirty thing. Okay. I tried to, you know, the four thirty AM, oh, get up, you I was know, like, hard oh, mother, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. get up and you're, you're, you're hard charged. You're, you're taking care of your business. You're handling shit, blah, blah, blah. But I was still just because of my life and the things that I do and the interests that I have and the people that are involved, I don't usually go to bed. I'll be in the bed. I can get there by nine, nine thirty, but I'm usually not asleep till 10 or a little after. Okay. So you start, you start getting that. Well, one night you run till 11 or 1130 and now you're five hours of sleep. The next night you might go 11 o'clock and it's five and a half hours of sleep. So I was always at this five to six hour mark, right? So I said, well, you know what? What if I got up at 5.30? And now I'm sleeping from six to seven hours, feeling a little bit better, you know? And it took some refining for myself. Fuck anybody that says there's a, there's a mandate that if you get up at 4.30 in the morning, you will be... Listen, I can point to a thousand hardworking blue-collar guys right here in this town that get up at 3.30 and show up at work's door by 4.30, and they're never going to get that entrepreneurial, quote-unquote, ahead because they're punching a time clock. You know, they might get somewhere else because of that, but waking up at 4.30 does not inherently make you great, nor does it inherently, you know, guarantee you success. 
Well, you know, in, 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 in the very same vein that what you said earlier is true, ha- having having a bourbon or having drinks with your friends or something like that um, by, by, by the same exact mindset does not make you a failure of that day. And, sure. and so for, for my, my relationship with this is, is you know, with it, within the framework of the of the gym, the brick and mortar gym here. And then also with our presence and, and our audience online. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty standardized person and, and I, I work very hard at, at presenting information that is accurate, high quality, uh, well-written. And so with that, um, and the, I, the fact that I train consistently, even when I'm hurt, I always find something useful to do. And, and those useful things often translate into my ability to help people better after they're over with, with me. And so all, all that stuff, I guess somewhat right-mindedly leads people to thinking that, that I'm, I'm disciplined and, um, you know, in, in some ways, um, um, maybe a little bit neurotic about, about certain stuff. So when, when someone offers me a cookie or when, when someone, one of these lovely people here brings me something to eat, a piece of cake or something like that, and I thank them for it. And I say that it was delicious. People seem surprised. And it's, it's always, it's always fascinating (laughs) to me because my response is always, well, look, I have that well under control and I don't have to punish myself as an adult for eating a, a piece of cake that a friend brought me because sure. not I'm not going to the store after that and eating 10 more pieces of cake. Right. And so in, in that sense, my, my discipline is firm. It's fine. Um, but, but I'm not going to let self punishment rule my life in order to impress someone that I've barely ever met. Sure. Well, and I think that's, you know, for me, that was a big turning point. Um, with kind of what I've shown lately, you know, I've never hidden away the fact that I smoke weed and that helps level me off. Um, that I've done mushrooms many times to try to figure out things about myself that I was just getting roadblock after roadblock on my own. Um, but I think that I was almost kind of like hiding those aspects away of myself is like, wait a minute, there's somebody coming here that is needing help that doesn't need to hear my shit, you know, but it's like, no, like, I stopped getting the catharsis because I stopped sharing who I am. You know, I started having to like cut and paste this life of what I'm doing to fit the narrative. And it's like, I didn't even know there was a narrative, you know, but it it just kind of created itself because whenever I shared certain things with myself, there was pullback or there was removal, but it's like, wait a minute, if I change to cultivate more, then the people that are here are people that I don't really know, man. I mean, the, the, the last two things I'll say on this is, is one, especially right now with as much as we've been hung out to dry and left to die and lied to and manipulated in the last year, people's meter and sensitivity to being led astray and to being given dishonest information from dishonest people is at an all time high and it's only going to get higher. So the fact that the fact that people who have a lot of experience and are willing to share it, present themselves in a true way is, is in my opinion, the, the only way, um, yeah. I mean, no, no one, no one that really knows people, especially no one that really pays attention to either of our platforms believes that, either of us is some infallible, you know, perfect living, you know, whatever, because anything that anyone looks up is going to clearly demonstrate that that's not the case, you know? Sure. 
And, and then I think the most important thing, though, is that none of none of this piece of the conversation is is uh, carte blanche or is a is a free pass to go do a bunch of self-destructive shit um, yeah. or to be undisciplined. If I want to eat a piece of cake or I want to eat an ice cream bar at nine o'clock or whatever the case is, it's because for 25 fucking years, I have been disciplined as an athlete, sometimes competing, sometimes not as a trainer, as a leader. And I'm perfectly comfortable with where my discipline balance is. And it's like 90, 10, 95, five, you know, the the cake is not going to derail anything important that I've built. If anything, it's going to level me off a little bit so that I can actually enjoy my life enough to continue building it. I think that's, I I think if anything else, 2020 has offered me and I hate talking about it, like, you know, giving it some kind of credit. Um, But I, I think that a lot of people lost their direction in 2020. But for me, I think what I allowed myself to do was realize, okay, 80, 20, while that sounds good, you know, like that's the rule that people talk about. Ah, it's 80, 20. That's a little, that's a little bit too much freedom for me. Like 80, 80, 20, I can start really giving into some vices or giving (laughs) into like some pleasures, guilty pleasures. I agree with that. Yep. 90, 10. That's that reminder of like, okay, Hey, there's pizza here. You can grab a bite, be polite, say hello, whatever. Or, you can, you can go all out. That's fine. Either way, no problem. Well, you know, man, like, what if there's a really good pizza that I'm going to have with my buddy and a couple, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I keep having this continuous conversation with myself of is right now worth it. Like is having a bourbon at three 30 in the afternoon because I'm podcasting with Greg worth it. Or should I wait till I'm with somebody sitting by a campfire? You know what I mean? Like those kind of things. Well, well I, I guess I lied then. And there is two more things to think about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what, 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 one is, is, with, with that discipline percentage, I mean, the numbers may shift for others, but, but for me, it's always what, what I, what I am versus what I'm doing, right? Yeah. If, if, if what I'm doing is more important to me than what I am, then yeah, you go hog wild, you eat Cheetos for lunch every day. But the reality is what, what I am is a martial artist and a trainer and a thinker and a writer. And what I'm doing, maybe eating cake, But to your last point, there is no cake on the face of the earth that tastes good enough for me to compromise my performance the next day. Sure. And and that's how I think about stuff like that. And and some people may not choose to think about it like that. And I don't really care. But for me, that for me, that's the governor. If if I'm going to if I'm going to do something that I know is not 100 percent optimal, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it to a level where it interrupts the stuff that I've worked my entire life to build. It's just not going to happen. Well, I think that's the, that's the kind of discipline that truly matters. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's the ability to enjoy and then step back away and get back to business. You know, Um, I, I would encourage people, somebody that's listening to this and, and hoping for, some some bit of knowledge i would i would like to think that what greg just explained is is the best way to go about it like i i'm going to out discipline most people you know by a large scale that's that's the truth um but i'm just finding that allowing myself to indulge here and there when it's appropriate like when it when it really seems to matter more than you know some 
feeling of like, Hey, I, I got through the day without having a Coca-Cola, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. it, it brings a balance to me that I, I was lacking for a long time. And I think that that little bit of indulgence prevents like the starvation indulgence where it's like, you know, you starve yourself on a fast for four or five days. Well, you're going to eat like a pig on the six, you know, and that's the way I would do anything. You know, it would just be like restrict, restrict, restrict. Okay. Just blow the top off of it. Whereas it's like, just give myself that steady drip of whatever I tend to do a little bit better. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I also think, I also think that we're speaking about this, at least with not, not a parallel, but a similar baseline of, of discipline. If, if your discipline meter is still figuring itself out, then of course my recommendation would be don't err on the side of undisciplined figure out, figure out the highest level of discipline that you're comfortable with. It's just like with any diet, you, you figure yeah. out what diet is going to be sustainable for you and keep you looking and feeling and performing the way you need to. And that's the right one for you. And it's the same thing with discipline. You know, if, if, if your baseline discipline is 40, 60 right now, then you don't have any room to move on the downside. Don't eat the extra cake, figure out, right. Figure out what discipline is going to allow you to excel in this ridiculous society phase we're in right now. And then you work backwards. You don't work forward. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> discipline, such a funny topic, man, because because most people, when they talk about it, come across as like these total hard ass dicks because everyone wants to just say, I'm, I'm disciplined, that, that's the end of the story. Um, I, I don't do this, I do this. And, and while I understand that, I also always take that with a grain of salt because um, as a pretty disciplined person for a very long time amidst some pretty challenging circumstances, I know that they're lying. Oh, for sure. Well, and it's that's that's kind of, I guess, what I was saying without saying in regards to like having a bourbon or having beer is instead of just being like it, the way that my psychology works, I'll put it that way. Instead of being like, hey, I'm just having a bourbon, no big deal. It became this thing where it was like it became secretive from an Instagram standpoint. And I don't even know if people would would even be thinking this, but this is how fucking crazy I am. So it became kind of secretive from that standpoint. I didn't talk about alcohol. I didn't post pictures of if I was having a drink or something. And then it became it was like, well, I'm going to go to this spot and just sit and drink instead of just being around like normal circumstance and doing, you know, it, it just kind of ushered itself into secrecy in all walks of my life. So then it's like, is this really a problem? Am I hiding this from people? You know, I, I get huh. so fucking weird in my own head, <laughs> man. And, and to be honest, like, I don't even think that's that weird, but, but as a, as an observer and as a fan of yours, I mean, people, people relate to human beings. Very, very few people really, really relate to the automatons that we see on the internet. And and most of the time it's because intelligent thinking, caring people know that they're putting out a false face. Yeah. And and so I I believe that, I believe that any truth we can add to the versions of ourselves, you know, without simply just being like gushy babies all the time is, is really important, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, all right. So let's, let's talk about something kind of a, a pivot, but, but not so much the idea of, you know, social media being one thing, being a tool, being a resource. Um, and in some cases, I guess being your own demise, if you, if you step out of line with what you say, Oof. but two things that we talked about, and I, I, I want to talk about them objectively, kind of just as an idea, not necessarily instances, but the idea of, 
the anti-victim victim and the cancel culture cancelist. You know, the, this I've started to see this a little bit <laughs> yeah. more and more. And the only reason I want to talk about this is because for me, I just want to be aware of it. You know, I don't want to find myself pointing at one side of the coin while standing firmly on the other, you know, um, or, or yeah. pretending not to be standing on the other. I see a lot of stuff where people are saying, Hey, we got to fight back against cancel culture. We can't let people get canceled. We can't do that. And then immediately turn around when it's something they don't like, Hey, let's, let's join forces against this thing, or let's shut these people down or let's close this idea down. That's and exactly. it's, it, we're not, we're not coming any, like, what did you say that was so perfect? You can't, you can't remove distance with more distance or something like that. I mean, oh, well, I mean, I mean, division, you know, division. It, that's it. Yeah. Right now, right now, people are, people are trying to remedy so much of this division that's happened by creating more division. You know, the, the large scale division is attempting to, to fix itself with more smaller scale divisions. That's just not how, that's just not how it works, you know? Yeah. And, and man, I mean, I, I've probably mentioned this enough times where it's annoying to the people that have listened a few times, but I mean, hardcore taught me this when I was fucking 13 years old, you know, you, you would see a, 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 a giant group of different types of people coming to shows and for a while, when I first started going to shows when I was a kid, all of them would fight all the time. And what would happen would be venues would close, bands wouldn't be able to get booked anymore. People would continue the schisms outside the shows and they would get in trouble and people would get hurt. And then while I think shows now have gotten a little bit too unscary to truly be fun, there was like a really great middle ground where, yeah, if, if someone was a total asshole, then they got taught a lesson. But the reality is, you know, punks and skins and blacks and whites and girls and boys and every every manner of everybody could come to shows and be accepted because it was a place where the weirdos went. Yeah. And and it's because it taught itself that because it wanted to sustain, it wanted to survive. And th that's, that, that's, that's like, that was a really important cultural lesson for me. And, and I wasn't just looking at it as, okay, great. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit less scared today. I was looking at it as like, holy cow, like this is, this is important. This is, this is a takeaway. And so anytime I've done anything with those types of cultures and then even into BMX and even into fitness, that mindset has always been exactly the same. We, 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 we contribute anything we can to whoever we can, as long as they are not directed by, um, trying to be one upsmanship and this ego driven, whatever, um, any, any people that want to be helped and, and, you know, I guess in a sense, keep some unity about it. We've always been willing to help. And so when, when I see, when I see cultures and especially like on a much, much larger scale, our entire society right now eating itself from dividing, it, it, it's so confusing to me. And I think part of the reason that I got caught with my pants down the way we did last year with all this, you know, cancel culture, when I say it out loud, it makes me want to punch myself in the face. But <laughs> when, when we got, we got caught early and hard with cancel culture shit. And it's because it doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah. I think if I had a better perspective on it, I could have avoided some of it a little differently, but it's, uh, it's really, a, it's really a challenging game that isn't really a game because it actually affects people that are trying to do positive stuff. Yeah. Well, something that, that really kind of stuck out to me was I was sitting there one day I was looking at, it was one of the endless Facebook posts when there had been um, a, a police officer killed, you know, and 
they were going on. Of course, it was a race issue. Well, the, the shooter was this color, the, the officer was this color, and back and forth, back and forth. And then it was like the retort to that was, well, look at this officer that was shot, and look who shot it of this color. You know, and just back and forth, back and forth. And what's being lost? Two people died. Yeah. You know, like two human beings. And it, I had a really, really hard time with a news story that just came out out of Louisiana. Did you hear about those four-year-old, the four girls aged 12 to 14 stabbing a 13 or 14-year-old girl to death in a Walmart with knives that they got off the shelf and recorded it? Like, put it on Instagram Live as they did it? Uh, I'm... <laughs> I. I I don't I haven't heard about that and I don't ever want to hear about that again. Yeah, well, it's it's just that's the way that the world is going. It's like it can't be. It can't this be. this can't. Well, I, I don't think it is entirely, but I think that there is a trajectory of of individuals, you know, that that are just latching on to this chaos and mindlessness, you know, like. We're killing ourselves. I mean, that's well, just, if you want to strip it down, that's the, the thing we're getting to is that we're killing ourselves. I mean, in, in the last in the last 12 to 14 months, um, you know, when I say they, I mostly mean government um, has turned us into a bunch of, you know, mindless, gutless neighbor haters. And, yeah. you know, early on in, in the early on in the process last year, I did a, just a quick little something for the stories in the Instagram or something where I basically said, um, you know, every day we dislike, we dislike something else and we hate someone new. The government did that to you. And I remember getting flack for that saying, saying, I don't hate anybody new and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, well, hate might've been a strong word, but you know, it rhymed. But the, re- <laughs> but the reality is based on nothing other than information that we can't vet from people that will never, never be affected by it. We are more paranoid. We're more cautious. We're less likely to be kind to each other for the most part. And that that's not intrinsic inherent behaviors or even anything that's got a real paper trail. That's because of fear that was mongered within us from sources that we have no control over. Yeah. And I mean, th- that's a really important distinction. And, and in this last year, I know for a fact that, that I myself have gotten much more judgmental, but it's not towards any specific group of people or, or anything like that. It, it's, it's towards ones that have chosen to be more unkind and chosen to be less responsible and chosen to be less communicative and, and that have taken on, you know, some of the qualities that you just mentioned, like a, a more reckless, you know, self-absorbed quality because of course, that's the easier path, you know, in 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 a in a in an unprecedented year like this, poor behavior gets a free pass because everyone is behaving poorly. But that's just not how it works. That's just not how being a good person works. No. And 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 so if I do come down harsher on anything now, it's the fact that I don't accept that. I've I've had I've had a challenging year. It's not the hardest year that anyone has had. That's for sure. But it's harder than an awful lot. And I, I, I do not, I do not concede. I'm not going to be mean to people or unkind to people that had nothing to do with that year. You know? Well, for me, I think that, I think that in certain ways I have seen more kindness. Um, when someone's willing to show it, it's been pleasantly more, 
you know, it, it's been a little more than normal, but I do agree with you. Like largely the number of people that I meet that are just, they're just down, you know, they're not, they're not in a, in a good place. And it's almost like they're, they're on their heels a little bit. So they're quick to attack. And that seems to be what I keep seeing on the internet is, um, you know, I understand that. I understand it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't not understand it. I just, I just know that, that both independently and collectively that we're, we're just better than it. I mean, for sure. You you know, my, one of my, one of my only outings, as I mentioned earlier, I've been keeping it pretty tight just out of respect for the people that, that come in and train with us and that, and that I'm the, I'm the link there, um, is I go to the grocery store once a week and, and, how people behave in the grocery store is, is, is such an interesting sociology experiment. Everyone's got masks on. No one looks at each other. People are rude. You know, people, people are much more uh, uh, likely and, and willing to, you know, bump you with their cart or not say please and thank you. It, it, it's, it's really, it's really fascinating. I mean, if, if, if people from the fifties and sixties could see how we were behaving now, I believe that I believe that it would be an immense um, shock to them, even if it's just from a politeness and, and, you know, common courtesy standpoint. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that I really it it blows my mind. You know, as much as I travel, those things that are. You know, I live in a totally different world than you. I live in a small town in the middle of Kentucky, and I think that we still see a lot of the door holding, you know, the yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am kind of stuff. But as I go around, even here, it's starting to recede. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, it, it's I don't know. And I mean, like I talked about before, you don't want to sit and harp on, on the negative stuff and you don't want to sit here and, and be doom and gloom about it. I guess we can kind of change the the tone of it by asking, what do you think a person individually should be doing right now, you know, to just kind of weather the storm and and check up on themselves as far as mental checks, health checks, um, you know, what are, what are some of the steps that you've been taking? Cause I know that you, like you said, you've kind of been insulated in some degree because you do take your job as a coach so seriously you do take it personally um so what are you doing to kind of help yourself there (laughs) uh helping myself i'm not really sure i'm playing that game super well right now um as far as as far as what others need to do I'm, i'm always far to say what others need to do is what i need to do but what i see from our people and and what I know to be true based on what they have told me and based on what our audience online has told me and and things like that is, is moving discipline training, finding something to improve at all the time so that your brain stays focused on progress, not on regression. And and then as a, as a kind of a a more overarching concept, I, I believe we need to shift our thinking from what we can do about it and it being all of this, to what we can do outside of it. And, and I believe it just really has to stop being about them. And if we leave it about them, they win, they're tricking us. That's what they want. They, They want us to stay focused on them. So we lose us. If that isn't clear to people by now, then I'm not sure what anyone's been looking at. And I think besides physical movement and a concept of, 
you know, self and group and, and close family and friends and loved ones protection. Um, the concept of, of really kind of <laughs> true independence has to start resonating with people. If, if, if you don't have in your circle, someone that can do something that you feel you would need if the easiest version of it came off the table, well, then you need to start widening your circle. Yeah. Do you think that people have, do you think people have used this to get more in depth with personal relationships online? I mean, it kind of forced our hands a little bit um, early on, but that's cool, man. That's a cool point. Have you, have I mean obviously our relationship is basically entire media driven, but have you utilized it with other people as well? Because that's something that I think I just kind of found myself navigating into little, uh, if you want to call it what it is, it's really a support group or an accountability group. But I mean, yeah, have you had any of that kind of stuff going on? Uh, I have, and and one one thing I know that I'm bad at is doing that re- reciprocally. Reciprocally, um, a, a lot of a lot of people. Um, a lot of people reach out to us and, and I, I respect that and I appreciate it. And, and I, <laughs> I care about it, you know? So when people reach out, I try and help to the best of my ability. And, and a lot of times what I believe the best of my ability is, is not echoing their, their, their struggle or, or not necessarily, you know, immediately sharing my own or, or our own. Um, it, it's trying to just use, you know, either kind language or, or experience to, to help them, you know, stay above water right now, because realistically, just based on the nature of our audience, the people that are getting in touch with me, the people that are getting in touch with us, um, you know, they're not the people that are stressing out because Starbucks didn't have their fucking gingerbread mocha, you know, (laughs) Um, these are people that have, that have worked through, you know, small businesses and counterculture and, and, and really kind of the, you know, it's like the plight of the oddball right now is at an all time high because if you felt isolated before and if you felt felt alienated before, there is almost a zero percent chance that you don't feel that even more now. Yeah. And and I mean, you know, as as someone that's that's had a sense for a lot of this societal unrest for many, many years prior to this actually unfolding and who has spoken about it and written about it a lot. I think I got caught with my pants down a little less on that front than a lot of people do, but that doesn't mean that I'm taking it any less hard thinking, thinking, thinking that this would eventually happen since I was a kid is very, very different than it actually happening as a business owner and an adult. Right. And, and that's one thing that I've been trying to help, help people with a lot is, is putting in perspective the fact that, that (laughs) although it's almost impossible to think about, if a project that they were working on that was small and successful on its own two feet is now dead based on no missteps, you, you have to mourn that loss, but you can't be defined by that loss. You, you, you have to do something else. Yeah. And, and, and I am aware of the bitterness of that fucking pill because, because with us, I mean, I think about if, if this had happened, if this had happened early days, Wolf Brigade, um, the gym either wouldn't have developed into what it is now, or it would have not developed at all. And I would still be training people in the park and, and, you know, running a t-shirt company or whatever the hell we were doing, you know? Yeah. Um, but for other people who are deeper into the well, you know, a small business that was on its way up that all of a sudden is, is gone and they didn't do anything wrong. Like you, you, you can't, you can't just, 
you can't just um, you can't just positive self-talk that away, man. You just can't, you know? Yeah. Well, I think at some point the idea that that you can just, you know, talk yourself out of some of these messy situations is just there. There's a large conglomerate of people that are from pushing that narrative. Like if your business fails, it's your fault. You've got to pivot and this kind of stuff. And on the heels of that, they're selling you a fucking business program. That's the problem with America right now is that, well, you know, I don't want to get on my soapbox and act like I know what I'm talking about, but the present, the presentation that my grandparents gave me in the forties and the fifties coming out of the great depression era and, and whatnot was that if your neighbor was struggling, you helped out. You, you yeah. got together in, in your community or you got together in your neighborhood and you asked questions. You said you looked at people and I, I just don't see any of that right now. And again, <laughs> not trying, not trying to bury this in, in a, in a negative swear. tone, but I'm hopefully trying to get people aware that like, Hey, it used to be common f- to go to your neighbor when somebody moved into the, to the neighborhood, take them a, a lasagna or a piece of pie or something like I don't know the politics or the ideas or any of the, I don't know anything about my neighbors. You know what I mean? And I'll tell you what, (laughs) sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I think you might be in the notes in my phone and I don't really like it. (laughs) Um, I, uh, I, I think, um, well, you know, fuck it, man. Um, something that hit me the hardest this year, this new year, and then into last year, is the fact that that um, I, I believe myself to be one of those people. I I stick my neck out. I always have, and I always will. And and one one of my one of my man. Okay. Well, one of my sources of pride and, and my sources of excitement is once we started doing things well, and the maces were selling, and we had some other good projects on deck. Um my excitement to be able to help some good people more than I currently could was high. I I was, I was, I was extremely excited about that. There's projects that I've wanted to help and and I've never been a person that had a lot of money and I certainly am not one now, but if I believe in something, I will put anything I have towards that thing. And and I, I love it uh, because I do not care about money. And if, if there's something that's more valuable, um, I want to, I want to do anything I can for that. So, you know, I mean, last year, like, you know, when, when fucking big, bad, tough rogue fitness rolled over like a cheap hooker to cancel culture. Um, and all of a sudden our sales channel for what is a truly incredible tool was gone. Uh, and therefore the revenue from that was gone. And some of the other projects that we were working on got squashed in a similar manner that, that, that loss of, of new ability to help people and move the business forward by, by empowering great people with their own projects. And, and, you know, that, that hit me, that hit me hard in a way that I was not expecting. Um, and, and I, I think that, that to me amidst a time when I think that was really important, I wanted to do more and I couldn't, and I had to reframe for myself what doing more actually meant then. Yeah. And, and I can still contribute to them and I can still help them. But, you know, I, I had to take back, I had to take back and and sit a little bit on the fact that, okay, well, it's not going to be financially right now. Um, it's not going to be quite as developmentally. I'm not going to be able to send tools to everybody that I want to for free. 
you know, because we just, we can't, we, you know, we can't self-preservation had to, had to at least stay in the car. It didn't have to be in the driver's seat, but it couldn't go out the window. And, and so that, that's, that's been a, that's been a real challenge and also just kind of a, um, I guess a, a little bit of insight into, into how, you know, fucking again, punch me in the face, but cancel culture materializes in, in, in the form of, of impacting people who are doing, you know, <laughs> uh, quality based things with integrity and won't quit. I think it's, I think it's a problem that we live in a society where people can't ask why, you know what I mean? In the, in the instance of like, that's with, exactly with the, right. sell, with the selling of the maces and the, why, like, why are we dropping you? Like, can you at least give me a phone call or can we at least have a conversation about this? And I don't say, listen, I don't say this as a Swarnex employee. I say it as your friend, you know, yeah. I have no, I have no. And, and that's the one thing that I really struggle with. in a lot of this is that a lot of people will pick those kinds of sides like, Oh, well, you know, I can't say this because I can't say this because I work for this person or I can't do this. No, this is my fucking friend, you know, like, you know, and, and, there's, and there's, there's no, there's no politicking unethical behavior. There just isn't. If, right. if, if I kick someone out of the gym because they're wearing fluorescent shoes and I don't happen to like fluorescent shoes, I'm a fucking asshole. That's the end of the story. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's it really boils down to as simple as that. And if you're not willing to, if you're not willing to, as you said, either ask why or, or investigate the reality is that's how we got where we are now. Yeah. Well, asking why in this, in this society makes you complicit. It's you know it's what a, I mean? It's amazing. It's truly amazing. And, and, and the thing is that even once the why is asked, and, and this is separate from any, you know, commerce issues that we have or, or anything like that, the, the, the fact that engaging in intelligent conversation that may be a little bit polarizing is all of a sudden more dangerous than actually being something bad is insane. <laughs> it's insane. It is. It's, it's, it's funny really, how many people, and, and you see it on all fronts, you know, you see there are, there are bad people that appear good and there are good people that, that try to appear bad. And then there's just some people that like, they try to appear capable and they're not, <laughs> you know, that's it's, been one of my biggest, biggest things this year. Um, well, we talked about it just before we got on this is, uh, I, I roll with some pretty awesome people and that's been something that, you know, I've talked to you about picking up 500 pounds in a, in a squat or a deadlift doesn't necessarily sound like a bad idea to me. Like it sounds feasible, but it also doesn't sound nearly as important to me as being able to defend myself. So like I was saying, yep. some of the guys that I've been rolling with, they're, I mean, they go to the gym four days a week, five days a week on normal circumstances. They roll once or twice a week, you know, just to stay fresh. But it's actually kind of flip-flopped now that shit's hit the fan a little bit. You know, not that yeah. – I mean, obviously, like you said, some people's biggest problem is the fact that they're out of the soy latte mix or whatever at Starbucks. Yeah. But for a, for a lot of people, there is a realization that the world is different. And that's what I'm saying is these guys have looked at themselves and said, hey, I was going to the gym. Don't really care so much how I look right now. It's more important how I can move. Don't really care how much weight I can lift right now. It it matters more to, to polish up this technique in my jiu-jitsu. I think that people, 
again, we talked about pendulums. We talked about momentums and things like that in the past. I think the pendulum has reached a, a certain point. And my God, I hope it's it's at the, the peak of it, the opposition swing. You know, like I think that we're going to get some sense and sensibility back, hopefully. But yeah. do you think that training is going to be the same as it has been after all this is realized? Well, I mean, I mean, it, it, of course, of course, no, some aspects of it won't be because also just certain areas are never going to go back to the ways that they were. Um, additionally, a lot of really, really excellent facilities are gone now. And yeah. it has nothing to do with the fact that they were not world class stellar facilities. It had to do with the fact that they are that. They prioritized it and they didn't have a hundred members paying $200 a month. So a, a lot of, a lot of really quality places have gone to the wayside. And I, I believe, I believe in one way training may improve because, you know, uh, the term that we've always used for it is expert generalism is going to become a, a much, a much higher commodity because it's really the only thing that proves itself across all modalities. And this, this is not a sales pitch for our program, but we've long said you build the world you want to live in, or you settle for the one you're given. And, yeah. and the reality is that's how I've always thought about building athletes. You know, we, we can, we can tune somebody up a little different and they could compete in powerlifting. We tune them up a tiny bit different. They can compete in grappling or kickboxing. They compete in whatever they want, but the foundation of the program translates perfectly to almost everything. And in a time like this, where you never know what you're going to need, really organized, detailed training that's going to allow you to progress forever and not hurt you is something that everyone should be seeking out. Well, you know, what's really cool is, uh, is seeing how Bo is running with it. Like, and, seeing, I, I, and Brandon too, Brandon, like, man, man you, you want to, you want to talk about Bo. We can talk about Bo for the next hour. I, I, he sends me the most, the most valuable assessments of the training days. And this is someone who is at an extremely high level in his field. And, and I, res I respect his opinion so much. And the, the fact that this is building him and then subsequently building the fighters he works with and all this kind of stuff in these like sneaky, but extremely obvious ways is, is so, so exciting. I mean, watch, watching Bo move now versus two, three months ago, man, it, it's like he, he's, he's going to be, at 40 years old, I truly believe, and I've said this to him directly, he is going to be a version of himself. He's going to be an animal like he's never known before in six months. Well, and I know he's, I know he's hyped on it a lot. I, I just, I, I, I can't say, I, I just can't say enough about how much I respect also his willingness to throw it on the fire a little bit and retool some stuff and, you know, add, add to the mix what he knows and what he wants to bring to the table. And it, it's, it's, and I, and I thank you for, for connecting those dots, but man, he, he's a perfect example. And then, and then his fighters are perfect examples, you know, it, it, by no means in any way, shape or form taking credit for Kies's performance last week. But I mean, Neil Magny is a maniac, is an animal and one of my favorite fighters and, and watching Kiesa just, just beat his ass, man. Yeah. That, that means that dude did a lot of stuff, right? And, and I know that he's one of the ones that Bo has been working with closest with, with a lot of our strategies and modalities. Yep. And, and the interesting thing is that's exactly what I see when we train our non-professional combat athletes. 
they get extremely hard to deal with because their body awareness is great. Their midline stability is impervious. Their, their ranges of motion are better, which means their access to power and position are better. It's, it's, it's really like, it's, it's, uh, one one of my biggest gripes about how the world went for the last year is that we haven't gotten to get out there and 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 meet in person and kind of put these wheels a little firmer on the tracks but yeah. it'll happen well it will and i think the cool thing too and it you got you got one success story right you got the one clear individual that's been working with bo who's vicariously you know working with you because you've you've worked with bo yourself um you know, to, to have your polish get out there and then this guy to be like, okay, something I did this training cycle paid off big time, you know, and then the next fight, he gets a little better, a little better. The trickle down effect of success in the octagon is massive because I can tell you just like it was in powerlifting. If somebody got an advantage, one friend found out. And the next friend found out and then it just kind of took off and it became common knowledge. But that's the thing is I think that once these guys start realizing the benefit, like I told you, I took it over to, uh, to my class and let those guys just swing it around haphazardly. And they were talking about how their hands were feeling and and that kind of stuff. And for me, what I want to translate about it to to somebody that's kind of trying to figure out what's the magic in it. Like you said, it's an awareness of your body and it's an awareness. If I move my hip out this way, I have to have this much force or momentum going the other way to balance myself. And you just kind of get into this. I mean, it is, it's an awareness of yourself, but it's also a confidence within the awareness of yourself. Um, I don't know. It's something it's, it's very different for somebody who is is not ready for it. I mean, it's like, it's going to shock them, I think. And, and, and only to expand for a moment. So we don't end up just jumping down a training rabbit hole is, is <laughs> with, with what, what, what Bo has been applying on himself and what we've been applying on our people for man, I mean, almost two decades, but like, you know, the, the mace is a piece of the puzzle, but a possibly more important piece of the puzzle is the details of every single movement and the, the, how the programming hierarchy works and, and when you're, when you're prioritizing certain things. And then the unsung heroes are the, are the really attentive warmups and cool downs that are both movement improvement, uh, thorough warmup and cool down, but also still strength building. You know, it, it's, it's the, the, the mace is a, is a very, very different piece of the puzzle but it, it's it's the global details, not simply the regional or, or just implemental details um, that are that are creating what we're what we're up to. And to, to me, that's to me, that's the most fascinating. And, and the, the trickle down, like you said, is is clear in sports when someone finds something different or new. And in fighting, I, I think I see it the clearest because now. I mean, the, the, the fighting skill level, the, 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 the mastery slash near mastery that, that most of these people have at that level is, is insane. There has to be something that can tip the scales. And in my opinion, and, and again, with absolute full respect, most of them have not nearly hit their stride with strength and conditioning yet. Well, I think a lot of guys, I mean, and this is something that Bo and I talked about, a lot of these guys, there's there's two there's two camps really. There's the side that's like, hey man, I got it on the street, 
that's where I'll get it. I don't need this high performance, high end scientific approach. Cause that's, that's one side that Bo has to face. Yep. And then the other side that is just really, really accustomed to this, this idea of everything, you know, almost like the Rocky four Russian lab scenario where everything <laughs> has to be perfectly optimum and, and, and yeah. measured and whatever. And what yeah. I think is really cool about you. And I think this is some of the appeal that I have too, is that, I'm not really going to be a guy that espouses a bunch of science. I can understand it. Like it's, it's kind of like being able to read a foreign language. I can read it, understand it, but I don't talk about it very well. Yep. So a lot of my implementation has still been from that street mentality or that survivor mentality of sport. Now going into jujitsu, a lot of those guys are the same way. Just needs a little bit of proof in the pudding to really I mean, that how crazy would that be if the mace was the thing that kind of united both worlds? You well, know, the average the average fighter looking at data driven support for it, but also the fact that it's like it's barbaric. Well, you know, and, and it's it's firmly on its way. And and the point that you just made is a really important, a really excellent one. There, there's no paralysis by analysis here. I, I've done my homework. I've done this for a long time, and I've paid attention to every single second. And and what we do is sharp and hard and mean but it's also detailed and strategic. It's not reckless. And, and so when you talk about something that applies to fighting, you're talking about either getting into a, a fist fight for money or a wrestling match for money or, or pride or credentials. You, you can't have some Rocky for, you know, super science situation going on. If you do it right, it needs grit and grime. It, 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 you can't you can't build a perfect fighting animal in a science laboratory. It's just not going to work. Yeah. And I mean, we've got man, we've got another guy that's in the remote development program, uh, John down from Florida, who's an excellent grappler, and he's a little bit older dude. And he's kicking so much ass in the program itself, but then his translation of it into grappling and, and his assessment of it in returning the information to us is perfect. People are having a tough time handling him now. Um, he's having a much easier time handling them and he's gaining ground on people that are significantly younger. And, and it's not due to anything other than applying sharp details and understanding that the dots do directly connect. If, if, you, if you're doing strength and conditioning, and you don't see a direct correlation to the fighting that you're doing. Well, one of the two is lacking. <laughs> right. Well, I just know that for me, um, some of the things that I've really experienced with the mace, one, my shoulders. And again, we don't have to beat the mace up. And I, and I know it's, your, it's, it's like one of your most proud things uh, to really focus on. But, you know, I want to I want to highlight more of your thinking too but the mace for me has just been awesome for my shoulders like i am very very certain that i needed right shoulder surgery when i got my mace and the ability to you know chicken wing i'm doing it right now sitting down here chicken wing yeah and you know go through a full range of motion and not have and not even really just pain but like movement limiting pain there was a point when i couldn't get my elbow past you know, probably 75 or 80 degrees out to the side before it would really start hurting. And now, Jeez. you know, the 360 and being able to, the other thing that we talked about too, is, is switching hands and going the opposite direction. Yeah. And just because, yep. just because you learn it one way, doesn't mean you've mastered it the other. And, right. um, and, and, and so even translating directly that proficiency one, imagine how susceptible that arm would be to grappling. Yeah. And, 
And also think about when you're talking about hand switches and the power dexterity, think about the fact that you may have had a good double wrist lock on one arm, but if you couldn't switch just as quick on the other arm, you've got a short arm. You know, one thing I've noticed with, with my own martial arts training is that the more I practice the dexterity with the mace, the better it translates into whatever martial arts or tactics that I'm practicing alongside of it. I think that's a, I mean, that's a very, very valuable point too. And the fact that, it can become whatever you need it to, you know, it, it can expose your deficiency in an instant and it, and it can come from changing your grip, changing the angle, you know, the amount of momentum or force that you use. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting thing for me. I'm just excited to see where it goes because of the, the work that Bo is doing, not only for himself, but for the athletes he's working with directly. I agree. I couldn't be more thankful for it. And and it really falls into the same category of the fact that the brain, it's like for people that are like implement zealots, you know, if, 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 if you tell people that all they need is a kettlebell, what that might mean is if all they have is a kettlebell, that's all you need. I agree with that. Right. But if you have, if you have access to more ingredients, why make a worse soup? <laughs> and exactly. the way that I think about it is the, the body doesn't, the body doesn't know what it's lifting. It just knows that it's lifting. So the, the better you insulate it, the more you make a 3D model as opposed to a 2D model. How would that not translate perfectly to any athletic capacity? Oh, absolutely. I mean, so that's, that, that's, that's always the essence of sport. Yeah, that's the exactly exactly that's the essence of sport. But but at some for some reason, it is still so largely unheralded and, and massively overlooked in strength and conditioning. Well, I think it's probably just been because, you know, the average person, like I said, they see it, they have one understanding of of swinging it around their head or swinging it to a tire. You know, that's about the the extent that their imagination goes with it. But the fact that you've developed a whole process is just what that's to me. Anytime that I post your mace, it's yeah, buy this mace because the information attached to it which is odd because most of the time people are buying a product. I'm trying to get people to find your information via the product. <laughs> Me you know? too. I need to get better at one in order to improve at the other, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of fighters and, you know, I don't want to be the armchair quarterback, give you kind of a reference point for a quote. Um, Dana White on talking about Conor McGregor after the fight last weekend, he said, it's hard to get off a 310 foot yacht and then be a savage. What do you think about that? Man, I mean, man, that's an animalistic quote. Um, uh, Well, I I don't necessarily know that they're mutually exclusive, depending on what you're doing on the 310 foot yacht. Um, But but I I, I, the only assessment I've seen of it and I didn't look any further because I didn't need any more assessment of it was was Connor's own assessment of it, which is he was on the shelf for too long. And similar to what we just talked about at this point, the skill levels are so high that someone with an amazing skill set, I mean, Connor is clearly a phenomenal fighter. Poirier is simply just an amazing, like someone I respect so much. Um, You can't come off the shelf for a year and contend with someone that has been, that has been just digging his heels in for that whole same year. Yeah. And, and but I thought Connor looked pretty good though, but I still, he looked awesome. But, I mean, but his his body looked good, you know. All, all of it looked good. His fighting looked good. I mean, it, but the the thing is, I believe at those levels, and even even at the much much different levels that I've ever been at, 
it's the little things and all it takes with someone who knows how to find those little things is the tiniest mistake. And, and of course, that's not new information for anybody. But Poirier knew that that dude's been on the shelf for a year, you know, mm-hmm. and and he knew he was going to have to weather a storm and he knew he was going to have to be smart. But I don't necessarily know if I agree with the yacht quote and it doesn't matter if I do or if I don't. But I know what he means. And right. and I agree with what I think he means, which is which is you, you, you can't not fight and then expect to fight well. And it doesn't mean you have to spar hard every day, but I believe if Connor gets one or two more fights before they do that rematch, um, I, in my opinion, which doesn't matter, is that Poirier will still win, but it'll be far more competitive and it'll be way more brutal. Yeah, well, one of the things that I guess, you know, we talk about the weight of a soul sometimes. What do you think the weight of the understanding of, if I don't make, like if I don't win this fight, I don't eat versus eh, if I lose this fight, I got proper whiskey, you know, and, and, and not to just singular down to, to Connor. But like, I think that's, yeah, that, that, that is, that is so, so strong. Like you watch, you watch, man, <laughs> talking about fighting in the last year, I, I <laughs> even the undercards in the past year are so incredible it, it, it's indescribable. I mean, anyone that anyone that's never fought or done any type of combat sport, like the, these people are literally superhumans. I've, I've, I've competed in grappling. I've competed in kickboxing. Um, definitely not touting that stuff is that I did it phenomenally well. But the first time I got kicked in the leg by someone who was who was there to hurt me, I wanted to go home and go to bed. You know, I mean, you, you, you just, it's, it's, it's insane. The, the, the pressure, the difference in feeling, I mean, and, and to think about the fact that, that some of these, these early prelim fighters are putting on these, these, you know, what would, what would have been five years ago, fight of the year performances, I believe has to do exactly with that hunger you're talking about. They, they know for a fact that there are 6,000 people waiting to take their seat. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they don't go in there ready to die and, and they don't, they don't go in there and put their best foot forward for every single second of that fight, they may not eat, man. There, there is no driver like that. There's no driver like that on earth. <laughs> And I think that's what it is. I mean, I think that, you know, for me to kind of expand on what we talked about earlier, you know, about struggling to be a generalist, it's part of that too. You know, I've always had something to to kind of aim that fire at. And I think right now I'm in a crisis of, I can do the discipline. I can do the checklist. Like, yes, I went to jujitsu. Yes, I lifted weights. Yes, I went for my run. Yes, I did these things. But it's not that hunger driven, like, holy fuck. You know, I got to do this or I'm going to get my my shit kicked in. Um, so, well, I, 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 I threw, I, I'm throwing my hat in the ring, though, to tell you the truth. I, I, I'm going to compete in jujitsu um, at, you know, beginner level entry level type stuff but i talked I love to that. Uh, I, love I talked that. to adam yesterday and and i guess we'll kind of tip the hat to what you and i've talked about behind the scenes too but i was talking to adam yesterday and i just told him i was like this is something that's important to me this is something that i think is bigger than i understand it to be but i also know that if it's just a class on you know monday wednesdays and saturday mornings then it gets structured as such like, Oh, what is the one thing that I can kind of excuse this week because I'm extremely busy. If it's just a class, it's that right. Um, 
so I need it to be something a little bit more. So we're looking at the end of April or sometime in May, which really leads me to the idea of, you know, week five coming up for my reintroduction to training somewhat. But at week nine, you know, I'm going to go full tilt on your guys stuff um, for the very reason that we talked about that. I just think that it lends itself such I mean, obviously you're a martial artist and you've fought and you've, you've lived that life. So you understand the application of your training to that. But also I need something to where I can just get back on that missile focus of this is the shit that's going to make me better at this shit that I have a date set in May, <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and just go forward with it. I love everything about all that. And, and, you know, I know you know me well enough to know that, that, you know, self-confidence is not my strong suit, but I, 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 I would, I would put both my eyes on the fact that when you lock down into what we send you and you apply the details and you do it the way that I know you can do it, you will feel like a fucking superhuman by the time you grab somebody in a competition. I felt, I, I agree with you. And I believe that, um, I kind of felt that the other day for the first time, Adam and I had a one one-to-one um and just really i slowed it down because i'm very cerebral about the way that i think about things and he's totally he's been awesome with that because i don't want to just know the technique or you know the maneuver i kind of want to understand the theory behind the maneuver because i wrestle with that the theory of what i'm supposed to do because it's jujitsu versus the instinct and a lot of my instinct was derived when i was 350 pounds and could just bear hug anyone to the floor you sure. know what i mean yeah, man. so i'm really trying to navigate the idea of okay here's a person who is smaller than me physically why not just wrap them up and maneuver them this way versus do this maneuver so that it complements i mean it, it's kind of like that dance of jujitsu you know yep. and i'm stepping on his feet all the time with instinct so i'm trying to learn some of that but i really felt the first time where I had a maneuver down, we were doing, um, well, we were doing some De La Hiva and I was really getting confident with that maneuver. And instead of being the repetition and the, okay, my hand goes here, the knee goes there. I, I put my leg here. I do this. Instead of that, it was like, all right, this motherfucker is going to the floor. And man, that feeling is a feeling I haven't felt in a very, very long time. You know what I mean? Like, the application of all of that was now, okay, this guy's standing there strong footed, doesn't want to go down and I'm putting him on the fucking floor. That was a markedly different feeling than, okay, Hey, we're going to the floor together. Man. I mean, it, it's, you just, you just made a really great point and it's that concept and strategy is far more important than singular technique, especially when it's insulated with proper strength and conditioning. You, you, you could know a hundred moves and not understand the how, what, why, or what they're connecting for and not have the strength to apply them. And it just simply doesn't matter. And, and we see that a lot when people come over and train at our place from other places is they may know a lot of stuff, but if they don't know how to apply it, if they don't know how to apply it with fluidity and confidence and authority, then, you know, all it is is just tools in the toolbox that don't have any rust on them, you know? And, 
and I mean, that's not always to make it seem like we've thought something out, but that's the exact way that our strength and conditioning programs are engineered is there's a, there's a tip to tail accountability that's present in every single training piece and the mindsets and even the language are the exact same as, as so much martial arts language. And so it, it, it translates really well in that sense. Um, from a strategic and conceptual point of view, exactly like you're talking about. So one of the things that we talked about too was like my balance of, of my skill sets or, you know, my assets. And like I told you at one point, I had to really mitigate some of my strength training to, to a certain degree and just focus on repetition and whatnot because I was carrying so much mass and I was also strong enough. I put that in quotations, but you know, I was, I was stronger than the average person. So I was asking him, where would you rank, you know, movement technique and whatever he said, hundred percent depends on who you're fighting. Yeah. And you know, he's what a cool statement, but it's true because for me, strength is always going to be one of my pillars, but at the same time, it could be my Achilles just as easily against someone who's very technical and very fast and very flexible. So strength against strength, I'm probably going to win that battle, but strength against mobility technique and experience, it could be my detriment, you know, and, and that's such an interesting thing about a fight because then you have to balance out how much is enough, you know, and that's where I'm really curious of picking your brain on it as what, 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 man, when, when it shakes down too, that that's where the concept of strength to weight ratio becomes so much more important than pure strength. Yeah. And, and w- with a strength to weight ratio as high as yours could be, that is now balancing out with positioning and conditioning and power endurance and things like that. That's where you start to make these really, really challenging to deal with animals. And, and like even the guy, John, I mentioned in Florida, he was already a really strong dude, but there were dots that were not connected. And now as soon as we're connecting them, man, he he's noticing it like in a tangible way, every day grappling. Um, and and that at ABC. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yep. dude. He's and, awesome. Man. Really that, dude. That's what's really fun is is that you're 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 optimizing you're optimizing what you're good at for sure while also not leaving to the wayside the things that you have less proficiency or less experience in, um, and you know a, a friend of mine Hunter from San Benito Strength out in California we we talked at this point it was a year ago about the concept that we just talked about which is strong enough, and and we came to the conclusion that that. Um, Yes, that's a real thing. And it doesn't need quotes. You know, there, there are there are pure strength guys out there that would that would argue that that is not ever the case. You can't be strong enough, but it's also application based. You know, if if my if my prime directive as yours used to be lift as much weight as structurally possible, then the answer is you can never be strong enough. Right. But if, if my if my goal is you know, a global linear progression, expert generalism, being really, really good at a lot of really important stuff and always moving forward in something, even when something else slows down, then the answer is, of course, you can be too strong. You, you, you can be strong enough um, and, and it won't impact your performance. It'll only improve your performance. That's what I'm looking for, man, is the ability to kind of rekindle that flame, that, that feeling of, 
I don't know. I think I had to get away from it for a while because it was a destructive feeling for me, like always having to feel competitive, always having to feel that that go. But now it's like, you know, I've been searching for it for a little bit. Actually, I didn't realize this until um, somebody sent me a message. It's a perfect choice. (laughs) You know, seven years ago, I was in the operating room for my knees. Yeah. Today. today. I didn't realize it. Today. Gee. Well, man, you know, and it's it's the, the the competition notion and the competition drive and and really kind of you know putting the fuse in that in that guided missile. You know, you're not going to do that with lifting again. Why the fuck would you? You know, right. but but grappling is a perfect application of that because it is so technical. It is also so strength and conditioning based. It takes it also so cerebral. It, it takes all the aspects of yourself that you're working the hardest on and puts them into one definable platform. It's perfect. Well, I mean, it, it really does make a lot of sense for me and, and, you know, knowing and, and trusting you in the way that I do, especially the training um, and then Bo's results and, and Bo's experience handling it as far as implementing it with his people. Um, I just think it makes sense for me to go to go all in. And I guess where that leaves me with the peace, love and meat thing is like, I, I want to push people that direction too. You know, I want to push people towards, towards your training. And I'll tell you why. Um, I very much appreciate the fact that people are asking me for my training, you know, and like, Hey, I love what you're doing. I love what you're sharing. And I might try to find a way to share something. I don't know, but, um, I just don't feel like it's, it wouldn't be valuable to build you a rail car for a train. If you were trying to get to California right now, you know what I mean? Like you get there in a plane a lot faster. So it, it's like, yeah, I can help you out, but here's somebody. Cause I'm trying to put pieces of myself back together. I'm trying to build myself back. So hmm. I think the best answer for that is I need to be a little bit selfish right now, but there's a better alternative than what I'm offering. If somebody's willing to look at it. And, um, you know, I think that anybody would be, beneficial and, and at least going and looking at some of your concepts, looking at some of your ideas. And then, you know, for those that want to get a little bit more, you know, juice for the squeeze, check out, check out your remote training stuff. I mean, you know, shameless you know, plug. I, I think it's really awesome what you guys are doing. I, I mean, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate that to a degree that like kind of stops me in my tracks a little bit, man. And, and <laughs> I, it makes me extra excited for you to come up, especially with the idea of you competing too, because there's a lot of sneaky stuff that we've done and having grappled as long as I have and trained with, uh, trained with and under some of the, the phenomenal individuals that, that I've trained with. I also know that I can add fun things to that equation. I'm so excited now. And Oh, and too. <laughs> the other thing that you just snuck by that I think, you know, maybe, maybe I just want to either define better what you just said, or, or maybe just change it a little bit is, is it sounded to me like you would like to encourage people to find an end game and train towards it. Um, yeah, I, I think so. Well, more so than that, I think I just want people to understand that, that you know, like you said, to put it so perfectly expert generalists, like that yeah. is an end game. That is, that is a recognition that in, like, I don't have to be in my opinion. It is an end game. Yes. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a finite, like, okay, here's a competition date or whatever. I mean, you can set up strength parameters around any date that you want to, but I think in the world that we're shifting into, and, and this is kind of where I'll tip my cards about some of my philosophy on things. You know, if, if you didn't know, 
like if you were going to a desert island to survive from here on out and you could only take a few things, you would have to be pretty, pretty damn critical about what you took because it matters. And yep. that's why I think it's now is not the time to, to be haphazard in our choices. Now is not the time to be haphazard in our training, you know, and, and be super specific because it's like, Hey, I'm training for raw worlds at the end of 2021. Well, raw worlds may not be a thing at the end of 2021, but I can tell you what most people would want at the end of 21 is, is more capability, more skill set, better aesthetic, better movement, better feeling, better health. And that to me is the end game that I am willing to play right now, because in uncertain times, I want to be certain of myself. (laughs) And I mean, that's really the only thing we can hunt. Um, I'll, I'll add adaptability to that list. And it's, it's one of the things that we harp on the most is, is again, concept strategy over singular technique. You know, we, we say, we often say implement is interchangeable. What, when, when taught correctly, implement is interchangeable. And, and while there's of course some nuance to that, there, there is, there's a lot of overarching truth to that. If, if you learn fundamental strategy and concept and you grab something off the ground, it doesn't matter what it is. You're going to lift it very, very similarly. And the same goes into things like grappling and, and things like that. Um, and, and when, when I, when I think about, you know, <laughs> expert generalism tests, my, my mind always goes to some of the fun things that the people here have done using our training only. And a few of them is, you know, a handful of years ago, one of my good friends, you know, woke up on a Sunday morning, he trains with us, uh, he had trained with us and for a while and his girlfriend wanted to run a 5k, he's never run a 5k, whatever. He woke up, he doesn't run, ran the 5k, did phenomenal, like got like sixth or something, you know? And, <laughs> and, and I was always just like, okay, well, I know that because I know what it translates to. And I know that a lot of games are mindset, but then to see it repeat itself, you know, one of our, one of our really our one of our finest products here um, last year, jumped into one of those. Um, uh, oh man. What are those adventure races called? Not, not Spartan, Spartan races, yeah, Spartan or... race, not tough mutter Spartan race. She jumped into a Spartan race. Um, like with a few days notice and won her, won her category, you know, I mean, that's something that people, <laughs> that's something people train for years for, you know, um, right. one of, one of our other finest products. And, and I guess someone that I consider, you know, my, my instructors would always say, my instructors would always say product of the system, um, probably our, our, our finest, one of our finest products of the system with no running as a background and using just basically our training ran a hundred miles a couple months ago. That um, was fucking incredible. And, and to, to me, like, like no, knowing what, knowing what all of those athletic feats entail has allowed us to build a framework of training that while those results are unusual, they're certainly not unprecedented and they're definitely repeatable. And so sometimes when I think about people having a goal in mind, it's think about a weird goal that you don't necessarily think may be totally congruent and testing yourself a little bit. Um, Have you ever run a 5K? If you haven't, do a bunch of really smart training for a pretty designated period of time and then go run, see how it goes. there's, there's a ton of value to that. You know, your competition is, is a phenomenal one. Um, you know, the Spartan race, tough mutter type thing is another one. Don't train for that thing. Just train like you train. If your training is right, if, 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 if your training is right and it's performed as well as it's structured, 
anything you do will translate to anything else you do. Yeah. And I think the other thing to, to just clarify, because I'm sure there's going to be some, you know, super like a, what do they call it? Specificity um, person that's just like losing their shit right now. But you're talking about the ability to do anything is better than the ability to, to not do everything or not, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but the idea that, you know, you're not saying, Hey, this is the fastest hundred mile or ever. What no, you're saying is he was not. able to complete a hundred miles yeah. of the training you yeah. know, or if somebody was a power lifter and they were training this way, they would be very functional. They would be very high functioning, but they may not be as good as somebody who was specifying, but that's the difference is understanding you're capable of doing a lot of things versus one thing really, really well. But you're able to do these things at a very high level too, man. You know, and and we've had we've had interesting examples of that with with even with powerlifting is is creating really excellent generalists within the framework of competitive powerlifting, right. and and you know even his even his hundred mile run, yeah, it was definitely not the fastest hundred miles anyone has ever run. Of course, of course, but it wasn't slow. Sure. Um, he was training three or four days later, of course, with 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 different you know there's different limitations. Um, fucking miles and, and i mean the body's gonna wear, the body's gonna wear that but but the fact that it was completed the fact that he ended it you know in good health the fact that it was at a reasonable amount of time you know even circling back to the spartan race thing the the, the amount of boxes that have to be checked to walk onto that field and not suck are significant Oh, dude, it's incredible. And, and it's it's it, it's the, it's like the thing that I'm the most proud of is the fact that we take people that are really relatively ordinary folks and with with intelligence and detail and caring, we, we turn them into this really extraordinary thing. And, and I mean, you know, I'm going to share a little bit later tonight uh, when I get home, something that I shared with you. One of our one of our members has been caring for their mom uh you know, a few hundred miles from here since the beginning of last year, hasn't been in the gym. Um, he's been a member with us for eight or nine years. He's, he's paid dues every single month. He's been gone, even though I've told him not to. And he sent some photos the other day of the makeshift gear that he's created with stuff from the hardware store and stuff from his mom's garage and all this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, I've referred back to that email a few times in the last month since I got it um, when I'm feeling down or when I'm feeling like uh, like maybe I'm at a dead end or, or or feeling discouragement or something, because, man, like the fact that he knew what to do with whatever he had is such a point of pride for me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's one of those things it's almost like overlooked and cliche because it shared so much, but I shared one yesterday, man. And it, it kind of hit me in the gut. It, it stopped me in my tracks seeing the teacher in Africa, draw out the, um, the windows page and explain the functions of the buttons because the kids didn't have computers. He didn't have a computer, but he knew that the information was important. So incredible. you know what I mean? It's incredible. It, it, it blew my mind and it, to speak to another. Yeah. Yep. Well, yes. But you know what I mean? It's like the answers are there if we're willing to make them, you know, if we're willing to seek them out and we're, we're willing to create and be creative, if we're willing to turn over stones, it, it just seems to, to be that the people that want the answers, the people that are willing to seek out the work to get the answers are the ones who get them. I mean, just like I guarantee you the children in that classroom 
probably appreciate the experience of, of working on a computer, having learned that knowledge more than a kid here that that's learning on the computer. You know? I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that every single bit. All right. So here's the last question that I wanted to pose to you today. Um, got some really good feedback from the podcast that we've done, obviously doing another one here. Like, where does this go? Like what, what kind of, and, and, and I'm asking this, you know, off the cuff, it's something I've thought about, but I, I see an extreme value in your individual work. I, I perceive that I will have value in my individual work, but I just keep seeing us overlapping and, and doing something really good. Why do you think it's had an appeal right now? <laughs> well, I, I, I believe that I believe that honesty is its own new commodity right now. Um, I believe that I believe that people that are thinkers and feelers that are not oblivious and not impervious, but that are resilient and and that are directing away from what's going on with these tiny robots and towards what is kind of like actually real and before us is is something that's resonating with people you know and, and if this continues the way it is and even fingers crossed it doesn't but even if it potentially gets worse you know every single moment spent training and thinking and interacting with people that are not opportunistic that that have that have fallen down gotten up dusted themselves off and and are still intent on helping others in 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 you know, ways that have integrity. I mean, I, I think it resonates because the group is getting smaller and smaller. When, when people start to panic, they go into hyper self-protection mode. And that is not usually people's best look. Yeah. And and I, I think about, you know, also just how much <laughs> if I clunk through this, I apologize. But with 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 so much writing and speech and you know, it, it, even any any penned verse is is fucking drowned in these layers of irony now, and I believe that that a lot of the world is is forgetting, but then also remembering how profound sincerity can be. Sure. And that that there's not there's not you know you know nine tenths of this hour long conversation is not cloaked in irony and and modern language and and you know abbreviations and all this stuff that's, that's cheapening everything that I've cared about since I was a kid. And I think that, I think that what we're doing appeals collectively because of that. Um, and, and I, 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 as for what's next, I mean, we've talked about a little bit about what's next. I, I believe that, I believe that there is strong market and strong need for an interactive platform that people pay a little bit of money for, but they're not paying money to simply sit around and hear us talk. They're paying money for the network that we can help them create. They're paying money for, for perspectives that we may not share on here or stories that, that don't necessarily gel with a, with a longer conversation like this um, expertise at a different level. I, I think what's next is, is making, making a more quote unquote brick and mortar version of what we're doing uh, really accessible to as many people as are interested in it. Yeah, I think um, I think the one thing that we've talked about repeatedly that seems the most appealing to me, um, and, and all of it, and I think this is this is no surprise to anyone. Training is cool, and like I'm good at that. I can I can do that. I can help people get better through training. But man, 
as a powerlifting coach, and this is something that eats at me, the, I asked the wrong question because I only, quali- only qualified clients for a long time if they said in a reply of what are you hoping to achieve from powerlifting if their answer was they want to be the best in the world. That's a far different answer than saying I want to be the best that I can be. I want to do the best that I can do because there's a different psychology in being the best in the world and achieving your best. And I think for me, I understand I am a much better operator of my system, of my life, when my training is given attention, when my friends and family are given attention, when my health, my nutrition, my sleep, my hydration, when it's a full spectrum approach to life in a, in a place and in a conversation that is ongoing fluid and willing to be discussed in a place and in a way of trust and and respect that is what i'm looking for is to help people get it all right i don't want to i'm certainly not the expert on that but like you talked about cultivate the people that are and then offer something that helps people on all spectrums including ourselves. there should be some reciprocation here If, if i'm working with you as an individual well, if I, if I only get better as a trainee, I got my money's worth, but did I really get the best thing possible? You know, if there's a coach out there that not only makes me a better athlete, but makes me a better person and, and challenges me to think differently and, and challenges me to eat better, live better, think better or differently, that is a lot more than the, than the, sticker price you know and i i we we, we've we've long said that that what we are is simply a vehicle not a total destination and and that that phrase you use is is a full spectrum approach is is perfect um the the others don't excel to their full capacities without the others the you know one one without the other is a half empty glass and i i i think that that hmm the, the only misconception there would be that a personal best achievement is somehow lesser than a best in the world achievement. It's not a ninth place medal to want to be your personal best and have a really self-effacing attitude about the fact that you're not going to be the best in the world at one particular thing. For sure. And w- once you start down that path, the other thing is most people, most people that end up the best in the world at something and of course, there are exceptions, every single rule. But most people that end up the best in the world is something didn't wake up when they were nine and say, I'm going to be the best in the world at horseback riding. Right. They, they simply they simply dedicate themselves to a process and they pay attention and they care and, and they and they they work through challenges and, and they come out great. And all of a sudden they realize that further greatness is in them. But for the most part, it's not like people wake up and open a fucking happy meal and get a card that says, I'm going to be the best power lifter in the world. And then it happens. <laughs> nope. No. And and so I think I think that exactly what you said is 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 exactly what is needed. And I also know that it's needed because it's what I need. Yeah. And, when I think about when I think about what we could what we could create here, especially with the direction the world is going, is I want network like like almost like a movie style network. I want to know in every city who I can rely on for amazing X, Y, Z. Sure. And the only way to do that now with how convoluted everything is and how ridiculous and sensor driven and all this kind of stuff most of the Internet is, is to create a private platform where those people can actually collect yeah. Well, and then it's not bought and paid for, you know, not what, bought and paid what, for by anybody. And if, what, and if what's bought and paid for 
is the fact that it can be trusted and respected and and honored. You know, that's the cost of admission. I've I've told people, I've, I've told the leaders at our gym that if they ever see me slipping, they either tell me or fire me and I'll accept. And, and that, and I don't, I don't, I don't say that to seem like a, like false bravado. You know, if, 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 if I'm not holding my role up to, to the level that, that, that I hold for myself, I don't deserve, I don't deserve it. And, and that's, that's where I think, a, a, a that's where I think a platform like we've talked about and a platform like we're talking about now could be extremely valuable is, is that the standards that we both hold ourselves to are, are high and also achievable by others. And then the humility of, especially for me personally, knowing that there is a ton of shit that I suck at is, is important because some of the people that come into that fold are going to be good at that stuff. And I'm going to learn. And that's as exciting to me as passing on what we already know. Oh, sir. I mean, I love getting around people that could, could walk in the, into any room with a huge ego. And I, and I mean, I know that you do, and I know that I do, I will still walk into a certain room with a, with an air about myself of not overconfidence, but like, okay, I'm ready for whatever this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. But I think, um, for, for me, I think it, for me, it simply distills down to the fact that what are they going to do? Kill me? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Do what you want. I've had it all done before. But, uh, now the idea that, you know, I am going to get better because I'm in a group of people that are one, probably better than me at everything else, but maybe a, a couple of things. And two, their willingness to repeatedly teach and share and, you know, trade information in those areas where I might have a stronghold for a piece of information that they have that's just routine and mundane. But for me, it's like, it's the light bulb moment, you know, that to me is really, like you said, it's what the world is lacking. It's deeper conversation. It's longer, you know, reoccurring type conversation. It's challenging one another. It's giving it each other. Here's a little bit more of the map, you know, see what you can do with it and then come back and report back. It's, it's that really? kind of stuff, man. It, it's, it's I want it important right now. Um, I, 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 I'm always sorry to over talk or interrupt you. I, I, I want to know what they know. And yeah. uh, additionally, if, 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 if this isn't a field of expertise they have, I want to help them improve their ability to teach and share it. Yep. And, and so it, it's the ability to learn. It's the ability to teach that are going to be some of the sneaky undercurrent benefits of whatever we end up putting together here. Because as much as I'm a private person, and as much as as much as the fact that me talking at people for a living feels extremely foreign to me, even to this day, even the way it did when I would announce BMX contests that we ran or play in bands or whatever the case is, I'm a very good teacher because I care about every single word that comes out of my mouth. And mm-hmm. and that's a teachable skill. And that's something else I'm really excited to help people with because man, the world needs teachers, you know, and, yep. and they, they need leaders that are not simply just so set on hearing their own stupid voices that they'll say whatever they can to keep the noise coming out. Yeah, man. And, and that's like, I was sitting here thinking like I was listening to you, but I was also imagining, you know, a zoom call in 2021 of 10 or 12, like really, really, individually impactful people within 12 different fields 
having a conversation that actualizes in 2022 as 25 people sitting around a campfire or a dinner table or in a gym setting or a conference room, even, you know, it, the seeds are there, man. It's, it's really there because other people that I know would respect you and that you would respect in turn are having these same kind of wants and desires, man. Like I want to just find a good group of people. I want to just have information shared. I want to have these think tanks that really there's not a product involved other than the idea of protected information. You well, know? You know, and, and, if, and if there is a product involved, it's something that we've either vetted or created or sourced and we know it to be the truth. Absolutely. And, and, and I mean, that, that's, that's <laughs> the other thing is we've talked about certain things now we've talked about it in what is what is looks like within a short amount of time will be in the public realm. Uh, now we're on the accountability hook for it. So now we do it. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I wanted to put it out there. I mean, for myself, too, because not only does it, it push the idea that you and I have, like I said, collectively forward, it's it's accountability to myself to. OK, you, you sit here and you've spoken for a couple hours. And prior to that, I told you that I, I really feel realigned with what I'm sharing with who I am. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be days of extreme discipline because that's what I need that day. And there's going to be days where everything on the calendar gets canceled. I mean, that's who I am. That's how I operate. And I'm totally, totally more in line with creating content when it's like, Hey, just grab my phone and, and capture this rather than, Hey, let's sit down and really think about creating something that, that fits a narrative. I'm done with that stuff. So the more honest and the more detailed that I get for myself to try to better myself for whatever we create collectively, you know, it, it's a driver in both accounts. Well, I, I don't think either of us is the type to make idle threats about helping people. So now we just do it, you know? Fuck yeah, now we, man. Now we, now we do it. Now the train's on the tracks. We, now we move it. Um, man. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I this has been like two hours or so. Yeah. It, hour 45. I mean, it's flown by. So it's always um, insane to me. It's always insane yeah. to me. Thank you. Well, listen, I want to say this on here cause I always forget and I kind of touched on it before. It's just really, really cool in a world today where I can talk to my friends, like people that I really, really care about. And it's been a very limited number of people. I've got more friends that'll be on, but like you've been a reoccurring guest, Casey, Brandon, Nate, like it's, it's important to me in a way that just being me, and just having real conversation, long form conversation is connecting with people, um, people that I wouldn't expect are sending messages and we're like, Hey man, heard the episode with you and Logan or heard the episode with you and Greg or the one with Casey. And it's just starting to make sense for people. And dude, my whole life, it's been so weird to be like, I'm an athlete, but I was the chess club. You know, I, I'm a writer. I'm a person who loves fiction. I love nonfiction. I love movies. I love this, you know, and I was never really strongly submitted into one category. And for 35 years of my life, that made me the outsider to some degree. I was the last call on Friday night, but now I'm finding other people. Like I think yourself, you fit into that mold because you're this dichotomy of, of punk rock, of counterculture, of BMX. And then this, polished, high level, educated fitness world. You know what I mean? It's just, 
it's really cool to feel like I'm coming into my own, being able to share that with people that I genuinely care about, and then to share that and have people latch on to it. I don't know any way to better say it than that. Well, that's just, it's a fucking cool thing, man. That's a perfect way of saying it. And, 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 I, I I do very strongly fit into that category. I, I've I've mentioned that before. I've I've managed to somehow stay an outcast even in countercultures that I've had a direct hand in building. And, and, and that that's been that's been that's been really hard. But I also understand why it is, and that I'm not willing to think about just the surface levels of things. And and if I'm not content with where they are, I'm going to keep trying to move them forward. And and a lot of times I wish I hadn't. I wish I would have just enjoyed what we had. Um, but as, as things have continued to move forward. I understand there's a there's a value to not just taking things at that as the, as that simple reflection. Um, but as you also said, it makes the it makes the social circle extremely small, and it makes the relatability factor the the relatability factor extremely low for most people. Yeah. And so I I I, I concur. I value it. I appreciate it, and I think it's just the beginning. Yeah, man. And what. It was, I mean, I don't want to say anything about the guy's name or the message or whatnot, but it was really, really cool that, I mean, obviously we've done the podcast and whatnot, but just like somebody reaching out to us both to say thank you. You know what I mean? It wasn't, oh, it was Brandon's podcast or it was Greg's podcast. It was like, I really just loved your all's conversation. Yeah, I'm telling you, know? you that, that, that was legitimately just some cool shit. And, and, yeah. and honestly, I, I think, <laughs> honestly, I, I think that's the, that that's where we're going. That's where we're going next is, is it's, it's going to be a collective appreciation, you know, independently, I can sit here and talk at the phone for a little while and, and each of us both do that and it's still valuable, but hearing ideas bounced off one another and, and, and hearing kind of some real time feedback to most people is going to land stronger than just hearing someone talk. And and I think both are valuable, but, but the fact that this is landing with people and, and really some, some people that, that I think may get lost in the shuffle is the most important to me. A lot of the reach outs I get based on our talks have been people that wouldn't have reached out to me mm-hmm. and they, they've heard us talk about something that, that, that is a little more relatable to them than maybe some of the other things I've said. And, and man, I, yeah, I just, I have, I have so much respect and, and gratefulness for that. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know. I just, I have, it's one of those things. It's hard for me to, to encapsulate how good it is to have something with no guilt attached to it or no, uh, not what's the word, like second guessing about it, I guess is a better word than guilt. Like whatever we said is what we said, you know, yeah, I mean, you, um, you say second guessing, you could say preconceived notions. I mean, I, I only had a general idea of what we were going to talk about today, but yet somehow seamlessly we're an hour and whatever in. Yeah. And it, it, I it's, think that go, it's yeah. important to me, man, because I, I, I'm not good at communication. So when I can lock in with somebody and I find people that I can lock in and that's really what it boils down to. There's some people like if you were to just say, Hey man, this person's got 10 million followers and they want to do your podcast. If I don't, organically engage with someone I suck as an interviewer because I'm not, I don't care. Like I'm not curious, you know, um, I've got a lot of curiosities about you as an individual and as your training. And then also you just fucking show up. Like some of the things that I know that, that 
you have done for people that you don't even know that I know and things like along those lines just speak to the character of who you are. And it just validates even more that like whatever we can do together, man. Um, I think on the front of helping people think on the front of bringing people together that maybe feel a lot more like us and not to say that we're an exclusive group group, because I think there are a lot of us. There are, Um, there are. And, I think there's a lot of good that can be done this and, and why not, you know, like why not the outsiders? <laughs> yeah, man. If, if they want to take the gloves off, we can both take them off and that's where we are, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's it. Now we do. Well, man, I, uh, I've already doted on you enough, but really, I really enjoyed the conversation. The one yeah. before the, the recording and, and the recording, um, I, I can't thank to- you enough for really, I, 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 I can't thank you enough for, without us knowing that that was what was going to happen, you saying nice things about the program and the projects. And, and I mean, to, to me with, with how, <laughs> with how hard we work and how much we get kicked down, even just the sentiment, even if three people hear it and one person actualizes it, um, the benefit is no less for me just hearing it. So, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to appreciate that again. Uh, well, man, I'll tell you what, if I, you know, if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't say it. And if you weren't my friend, I wouldn't care. But I know that like, I know that 2020 has been tough for you on, on a business front, but more than that is the way that you stood up as a human being for your friends, for the people that you care about, for your gym members, for the people that have really struggled, even when you've been struggling to, to continue to give. That's, that's what it's all about, man. So, man, I mean, uh, I, <laughs> I, I may die broken alone, but it won't be without helping as many people as I possibly can that I care about. That's, I mean, you and I've talked about that enough. It's like money's awesome and money sure makes things a little bit easier sometimes, but you know, I I don't want to trade the work that I'm doing for more money. You know, if, if I have to sacrifice the people that I help and if I have to sacrifice, you know, the work that I see being done and I believe is being done that I don't even know about. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's worth it to me. Like the bad days and the hard days and everything in between, like <laughs> I'll, I'll regret saying that later, but you no, know, it, th- it's always you. been worth it, man. That, that That's an important reminder for me to end the conversation with too, is, is we're in the midst of it right now, man, things are heavy and, and you know, but it's, it's worth it because it's just worth it. That's it. You know, we've, yeah. we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about quitting before and I've, I've written, I've written a few things about quitting and, and when it, when it's in you, you can't quit. And it's not like you can't quit. Like it's a pep talk. Like you just can't constitutionally quit. It's yeah. impossible. And and that's where I feel like I am. I feel like I, 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 I feel like it would have to be my actual death that stopped me. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, I mean, that's all I've ever been in it for, you know, is <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. I had, a, I had an old guy say the other night and it was perfect. What do you want to do at the end of your life? He said, I want to be 102 with a jealous lover, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, and that's the way it is for me. I want to, I, I literally just want to be experiencing life at, at the loudest decibel possible, no matter, no matter what. And experiencing life at that level so that I can one bring people up with me and two just get the most out of this motherfucker that I can. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's like, yeah. 
I was thinking about this the other day, and not to keep rambling, but in the terms of money or the acquisition of more. Like, like I said, I'm not opposed to making money. I'm not opposed to making more money than I do right now, but yep. I am opposed to making money at a level that it compromises what I feel right now. Because, dude, even on the worst days, I'm still in and amongst the work of what I want to be doing. Does that make sense? Like, you know, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I know it makes sense. Either, but it's like. All these things, all these memories and all these experiences and like the sound of the sea or the, the smell of, of, of a city or the taste of a food, like I have those things. I can't necessarily spend that or it's not really currency for someone, but like it's real and it's there. You know, the money in a bank, yeah. if I were to trade those things for money in the bank, I mean, what the fuck? You know, I, I don't know. And, and. I'm sure, and fairly so, there are people out there that would criticize my, me financially, you know, from that belief system. But that's okay. Like, it takes all kinds for the world to go around. But I that's can just okay. tell you, yep. I, I just want more of that experience, and I just want to share more of that experience with people that don't understand it's not the restaurant, it's the beef that makes the steak wonderful. You know what I mean? It, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the other thing, the other things will fall in line as, as they always do. And, and the, the, the ebbs and flows are what makes what comes at the end of the line worth it. And, and I, I believe we can, I believe we can push a lot of people in those better directions and maybe not even necessarily better than others, but better than what they're doing now, different than what we've done. They can push us in better directions. There, there's when, when it's, when it's leveraged as people helping others, not simply themselves, there's no, there's no end to what can be accomplished, man. That's just the end of the story. Well, end of this story and the beginning of many others. Yeah. Thank you, man. What a, hey. what a great afternoon. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Thank you so much. And thank you again for everyone listening. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And please, please, please like the podcast, um, comment. Those things help more people hear it. More people see it. If you hated the podcast before you, you know, deride it on those platforms, shoot me an email, you know, shoot me a DM on the peace, love and meat Instagram page, reach out to Greg, uh, through Instagram, through email. He's an absolute gem of a resource. Um, yeah. And just thank you as always, if you made it this far, you really care about what we had to say in that matter. So thank you. Th th thank you all.